to Z Sports, uh, powered by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us all over social media as we are Nashville's on-demand sports network going live every weekday morning at 8 central time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Find links to the show on our Twitter timeline. Also, Instagram at A to Z Sports there. Hit us up on TikTok. Uh, at A to Z Sports Nashville. Uh, but we got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for us and they make life better for you guys like Wilson County Hyundai. Make them a part of your new car buying process by going to see them in Lebanon or at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. The Bone & Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Farm Bureau Health Plans, get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans. Better coverage rates and service. Learn about a health plan for you fbhp.com slash atoz and hughes and coleman injury lawyers the official injury lawyers of the titans if you've been injured in a car wreck call them for a free case consultation 800-800-4600 so zach yesterday uh was a big day for a former titan great delaney walker four time or excuse me three time pro bowler but one of the most underrated free agency signings in titans history goes out as a member of the Tennessee Titans. He has not played since the 2019 season uh, where the Titans did go to the AFC Championship game, but he spent the majority of that year on injured reserve after he had that gruesome ankle break uh, in the first game of the 2018 season. But uh, overall, great for Delaney. Uh, and we're, we're talking a lot about Delaney Walker. Zach, I started covering the team in the locker room on a weekly basis in 2013, which was Delaney Walker's first year in Nashville. So he him in his entire tenure in Nashville, absolutely one of my favorite guys to talk to in the locker room, uh, always had a big smile uh, and then always had things to say. So, and didn't hold back with what he felt. Uh, but that's, you know, we'll talk a lot about Delaney, but what was your initial reaction to seeing Delaney uh, being able to have his moment and retire a tight? Well, I think on this show, you know, we look for, identities of teams we look for leadership we look for you know who is going to take accountability and I think that Delaney Walker that is what he embodies and I think during his time as a as a Tennessee Titan he carried the torch for some bad teams right him and Jarrell Casey and some of the others but Delaney was at the forefront you know he spoke uh you know and, and I, this is what I always res respect because this is how I live my life is say what you mean and mean what you say. And that's exactly, I feel like what Delaney Walker did. He was a leader in the locker room and he was a damn good football player. I look at Delaney Walker as one of those guys that was willing to do whatever it took in San Francisco. He wasn't, he was overshadowed by Vernon Davis. I mean, yeah. that's just the, the cold, hard facts. Then, you know, if, if you look at what he was asked to do, he was an H-back, he was a tight end, he was, you know, everything in between. He returned kicks in San right? Francisco. <laughs> and then, but he was so much more talented if yeah. he was utilized maybe in a better facet or position. And when he went to Tennessee, he got the opportunity and he truly did shine. And it kind of showed you what he could be as a football player. And here, here I think is the biggest part of, when Delaney Walker was, you know, the peak of his career was when the tight end position as a whole was transforming. This was like, and I, I credit like Jimmy Graham was a big part of that transition. Greg Olson was a big part of that transition. Vernon Davis. Vernon Davis was a big, of tight ends 
And they look, Kellen Winslow Sr. back in the day for the Chargers, I mean, there was good tight ends, but there wasn't the plethora of tight ends in the league. And Delaney Walker, I, I put in that position because in a lot of cases, in numerous years, Delaney Walker was the best receiver on the team. And as a tight end, that was kind of unheard of for the majority of teams in the, the 90s and the 80s. Uh, they were asked to block. And so I look at Delaney Walker and the time and the era of football he played in. And when I think about, you know, uh, when I think about really damn good football players that play for the Tennessee Titans, Delaney Walker comes to mind. He did everything the right way. Him and Arthur Smith had a very close relationship. That's mm -hmm. the other thing. Arthur Smith, you know, cut his teeth a lot was at a tight ends coach. Now he's a head coach in the NFL and Delaney Walker was a big part of his success and his, you know, maturity as a coach and rising through the ranks to get to where he is today. And as you saw yesterday in, in some of the videos released by the Tennessee Titans, he's a damn good teammate, well-respected in the locker room, not only by the media, but by his team, his players, the people that, you know, whether it was equipment managers or front office, I felt like 82 was a guy that you went to and he told you the truth and was uh, exactly what you asked him to be. So that's, I mean, that's a lot, but yeah. that's what I think of when I think of Delaney Walker. Yeah, and he was asked about his legacy and we'll play his answer here in a second. And it's always weird when somebody asks you about what you think your legacy is, but here's Delaney Walker on his legacy in Nashville. My legacy, that's, that's, a, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I felt like my legacy here would probably be my my grit, if that would be it, because I was I never held back. I think I was too honest at sometimes with the media, <laughs> and I know that that's not good. <laughs> but uh, I think a lot of the stuff that I did off the field was just because you know how much I care for the city too, and. Uh, and I grew up in a single parent household, so I and I had the means to try to get back and show kids that they can be whoever they want to be. You don't have to feel like you're trapped in a box. Um, so I try to do as much as I could to show that message. So that could be my legacy too. Just, I mean, I got man of the year award twice. I think, yeah, twice. So, so I mean, I let Delaney answer the question. Great, you know, it's what he was to the media, what he was to the team on the field, and what he was the fans in the city off the field because a two-time uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year award winner for the Titans, a three-time Pro Bowler, and a guy that did so many different things off the field with with charity, with foundations, uh, with giving back to kids, single-parent homes, like you mentioned. I remember right before he joined the Titans, it was when he was with the Niners and they lost the game to the Ravens in the Super Bowl and his aunt and uncle were killed by a drunk driver. So he also had a drunk driving uh, a, a foundation as well uh, there too. So Delaney Walker did a lot of really great things and has a very strong legacy and grit, I think uh, is a good word uh, in every aspect of, of what he was for this uh, franchise. Well, and that answer was very authentic. He caught yeah. that question, you know, caught him by surprise. I mean, I guess, you know, I, he hadn't been a part of one of those retirement press conferences before, but those are the, I have, I've been uh, a, a part of quite a, a bit of them when, you know, players retire. And that those are the type of questions that you're asked, but it can catch you off guard because as you said, and you preface is, you know, 
to think about and talk about yourself is not like Delaney Walker. Delaney Walker was about the team, about winning football games. That's what he embodied, and that was his mindset. And so when you're forced to talk about yourself and your legacy and, and what your career meant to you know yourself and those around you, you know, I think that that kind of put him in a tough situation, but I do think grit does come to mind, you know, being real. That That's what 82 brought to the field, and he was hard-nosed. He's tough to tackle. You know, oh, in open yeah. field, he was fast. He was strong. He could block. He could go up the seam. He could go down the sidelines. He could make people miss. Like, those were there were so many different features that Delaney Walker brought to the football field as a tight end that are really hard to find. You see a lot of one-trick ponies. That's not what Delaney Walker was for the Tennessee Titans. Absolutely. So there's one way that I think the Titans should honor Delaney Walker uh, as well. And something they haven't done with a player in quite some time. But first, let me tell you guys about Hughes and Coleman, the official injury lawyers of the Tennessee Titans. If you've been injured in a car wreck, call Hughes and Coleman for a free case consultation at 800 800 4600 uh, they've recovered over $1 billion for their clients across the entire state of Tennessee and the state of Kentucky over 30 years of service for their clients. And they have the muscle, they have the resources to fight the insurance companies for you to get what you deserve. So if you've been injured in a car wreck, call Hughes and Coleman for a free case consultation. Again, the number 800-800-4600, principal office in Nashville, Tennessee. A to Z Sports were powered by BetMGM. Download the app today. The king of sports books, right there on your screen, you see BetMGM, a risk-free bet up to $1,000 for new users. Use the promo code A-T-O-Z-S-P-O-R-T-S. All one word, no spaces. Put in the promo code tab. And for a new user, you get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. All right, so I do think it is time for Delaney Walker and other Titans, not him alone, to go into the Titans' ring of honor. I, I think it, it's interesting that if you look at the Titans' ring of honor, uh, and I'm, I'm curious to see what the Titans will do with the new stadium and the ring of honor, but there's not a lot of, players who spent their entire career actually there is there are zero players who spent their entire playing career as titans because the only players who have spent their career uh in a titans uniform that are in the ring of honor eddie george bruce matthews steve mcnair and uh frank whitecheck everybody else is a oiler only player or you know, Jeff Fisher's in it. Floyd Reese is in it as coach and GMs. Uh, KS Blood Adams is in it, obviously. Mike Munchak, who player and coach for the organization for a long time. But they have not added a Titans-only player into the ring of honor ever. And, and that kind of, like, caught me by surprise. And so I think Delaney Walker has a career that's worth honoring with that ring of honor. Well, I think the tough part is that the era between McNair and where we are, there are some bad football teams, right? Oh, I don't, yeah, I don't disagree. And yeah. so, like, the Ring of Honor, I, I, when I think of Ring of Honor, I laugh because we're talking about Ring of Honor and putting Delaney Walker in. Jerry Jones has yet to put Jimmy Johnson in the Cowboy Ring of Honor. Yeah, so, but we know. But, we know <laughs> but I what, do think that that's funny, right? Like That's like, you know, that's that's personal. <laughs> I, yeah, hey, it is what it is. He's yes. still not in. Yes. I, I think for 
for the Ring of Honor and what it stands for, I think Titans fans that have been true Titans fans for a very long time, they know, you know, when I think of Steve McNair, I think of Eddie George, and I think of Eddie George, I think of Frank Wycheck. Those are kind of the three of that era. You obviously have Keith Bullock of that era that, uh, you know, impacted quite a bit, and Mr. Monday Night, which is one of the best nicknames that I feel like uh, is not talked about enough. But Mr. Monday Night, uh, and and they've and the Titans have had some good quality players. I've seen the the comments. You bring up Michael Griffin. You bring up Jarrell Casey, who was a consistent Pro Bowler at defensive tackle, and they moved off of Jarrell Casey and replaced him with Jeffrey Simmons. That's a pretty good uh, replacement right there, but. You know, Chris Johnson. I mean, there, there's some really good players. And Michael Chris Rude. Johnson has the 2,000 yard season, yeah. but you know, here's the thing: Delaney Walker. You know, he played longer in San Francisco than he did in Tennessee. Now he had a lot better career in as yeah. the Titan yeah. or as a Titan. Right. You have Javon Curse. You've got a lot of big time names, but I do think that, and and Austin, I, I think that you and I we both feel this because this was, you know, we're covering the football team while they were really, really bad. You need, you know, God knows what the franchises would have been without Delaney Walker. I kind of think about that. Uh, they would have been, it could have fallen into the Jacksonville Jaguars to a degree. If you don't have the leadership mm -hmm. of, you know, a guy like Delaney Walker. So I think that the ring of honor makes the most sense as kind of the next step you got to kind of give it some time after he retires. So I don't know when that is going to be. Yeah. But if you, if I had a list of next guys up, I honestly, I put Delaney Walker at the top at over the top? Chris Johnson, over Michael Griffin. Uh, ah. You know, Keith, Keith Bullock probably maybe up there. Yeah. But the impact of what Delaney Walker did can, cannot go unnoticed yeah and so like you know i see some comments people saying uh, michael roos and you know, david stewart like i david stewart no michael roos maybe big country but, <clears throat> yeah i don't think big country is going to get in there but again like i think it's interesting to me that there has not been a single titans only player in the ring of honor and they didn't really touch the ring of honor for a while until last year they put in the trio of uh of uh i'm sorry bum phillips jeff fisher and of uh, floyd reese and so they took this year off so there was not a class of 2022 ring of honor like there was the trio in 2021 so are they getting something ready were they waiting on a stadium situation uh was that kind of why they were doing that this year but there are several guys that deserve it Delaney Walker absolutely deserves to be in that ring of honor and other guys in his era. I think it's really just ring of honor level. It's Delaney and Jarrell Casey, maybe Brett Kern, but you know, you've already got one punter uh, in the ring of honor. You might as well have two. Uh, so maybe Brett Kern, but those two other two guys of Delaney Walker, Jarrell Casey from that era, that's who needs to be in the ring of honor at some point. I, I definitely do think that, you have to, he just officially retired. Jarrell just officially retired last year and he had his same press conference. So you got to let those retirements breathe a little bit before you bring them back for another honor. Uh, so I, I do think that those two guys are worthy of the ring of honor. Brett Kern's still 
uh, you know, he's not retired yet. He's just hanging out, waiting for the Titans. If Ryan Stonehouse doesn't work out, which I don't see that happening, yeah, uh, but he's working out. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> yeah, but then you have guys who have been passed up, like Keith Bullock, like Chris Johnson. You know, Michael Griffin. Uh, I don't maybe, but I think the other two, Bullock and and CJ. Are, are guys that definitely need to be in there. Well, and now looking at Chris Johnson and his Titans career, now there's a huge drop-off after he left Tennessee, played for you know the Jets and the Cardinals. But for his six years that he was a Tennessee Titan between 2008 and 2013, all 1,000 yards. Yeah. He had three of those over 1,200, well, four of them over 1,200, and then one 2,000-yard rushing season. You can't and and drafted homegrown, right? So like drafted by the Tennessee Titans, I think. I mean, that's hard to draft. Chris Johnson deserves to be there. So taking another look at CJ Two yeah. K, you have to put Chris Johnson in there. You have to put Jelani Walker in there, and I think Jarrell Casey has to go in there. But you're right, we're too soon. Yeah, there's got to be some time. You know that uh, that you know, lapses for the next several years before we're having a conversation. But I do think that that honor needs to happen. Yeah, it it absolutely should. And people are saying uh, Javon Curse, the freak. You know, I don't know if Javon Curse is a ring of honor guy just because his initial first part of his career with the Titans was great. Then he went to Philadelphia, went away for several years. Then he came back and was more of a role player. So that's kind of a different type of thing where you've got, you know, Delaney Jarrell who signed second deals with the teams. Chris Johnson signed second deal with the team. You have Keith Bullock signing and playing for the team for nearly a decade that those type of guys, you have to get second contracts. I feel like to be a ring of honor guy, Javon curse came in, was great on his rookie deal, then got paid by Philly. Then he came back later in his life and where I don't necessarily think that fits. But I, I do think uh, that all the go- all those guys I just mentioned should be in the Ring of Honor at some point. CJ and Bullock need to go in probably in the next three years. Yeah, that makes the most sense because that I mean you, you have, it has to go by timeline. You know, yes. Delaney Walker and Gerald Casey are on down the road. Ke- uh, Keith Bullock, who I, you know I I think overall Keith Bullock, and this is what happens when you play for the Tennessee Titans, right? When you're drafted and you're not a Hall of Fame type player, which is hard to be, especially in the NFL. I always tell people that when we talk football and you talk Hall of Fame, go to the Hall of Fame website and actually see the number of football players inducted into the Hall of Fame. They're not that many. No. It's like, it's very, very difficult. That's the reason why Steve McNair is not in the Hall of Fame. It's very difficult to get in. Perception, the perception of Steve McNair is an unbelievable great player, and he was, but... He's not Hall of Fame worthy. He's just not. And he's never going to be, regardless on if he's alive or or passed away. But Keith Bullock doesn't really get the credit I think he deserves nationally as the linebacker that he was and the impact that he made on a lot of really good football teams. That's the problem with Delaney Walker. He didn't play for a lot of really good football teams. He played for more really bad football teams for the Titans. But it's also like it's the the Grizzlies retiring Zach Randolph's jersey. It's not the fact that Zach Randolph is a Hall of Fame level NBA player. 
it's the impact that he made on the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, I don't, I think anybody that says Delaney Walker's 82 should be retired, that's too much. That's going too far ahead because the Titans have only retired six numbers. They're either Hall of Fame players like in the NFL or Steve McNair and Eddie George. And so Delaney's just not there, but he should be in the ring of honor. Now, I, I did find this interesting, Zach, because we've mentioned all these players. We've mentioned Bullock, Chris Johnson, Jarrell Casey, Delaney Walker, and then you've got the other guys like McNair, Eddie, and Frank. There's two guys that are not like the others that I just listed. The two tight ends were not draft picks. And so you've got Bullock, CJ, Jarrell, draft picks, Eddie, McNair, draft picks. Frank played a couple of years in Washington. And then uh, Delaney came over as a free agent. I think that's a big deal of being a free agent and not being a drafted homegrown player coming in and then earning your way to ring of honor status. Yeah, I think it's hard to do. And, you know, he spent, what, seven years? Seven years. years. (laughs) Seven years in San Francisco. Which is wild. And he played a lot of games in those seven years. I mean, he obviously was more of a utility player because of what they were asking him to do. But seven years and playing more years in San Francisco. But, you know, the impact and the role that he played as a Titan. Uh, Look, Marcus Mariota, that was his only option. (laughs) I mean, I feel like there were times where, and I'll mention, we'll talk about moments here in a second. Mariota's handing the ball off to Antonio Andrews, and he has nobody to pass to. I mean, these are these are rough, lean years. You know, at, last year the the Lions and the Jags were the worst teams in in the in the NFL. At that point in time, it was the Bucks and the Titans. Those were the two worst teams in the league for a, a handful of years. Now that that script has been flipped, obviously because of. Tom Brady for Tampa Bay and Mike Vrabel and John Robinson for the Titans because they've changed the culture and obviously Amy Adams Strunk to give her the credit that she deserves. They were just in a state of disarray because this all comes back to one thing, Austin, and Titans fans know this because they lived it. It was the death of Bud Adams. That changed a lot of things in the trajectory of Tennessee, Nashville, and the Titans franchise as a whole. And if anybody has lived any part part of life, you, the older you get, people die. It just happens. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't live forever. Yeah. But you also start to learn when it starts to impact your singular life. If your parents or grandparents have passed away, the trusts or the wills and the uh, you know, the organization or lack thereof. And when you're talking about a conglomerate that is a multi-billion dollar business, things get sticky. Brothers and sisters argued to no end. They stopped talking to each other over a couple thousand dollars. Imagine if it's a couple billion dollars. And so there was that flux because Bud Adams, I don't know whether he wasn't prepared or he was just late in his age and he he didn't have that conversation. And, and not many people do. My grandparents... On my dad's side, their last will was 1976. They had always said, you guys are going to figure it out when we're dead. That's that's what they said. And so Bud Adams, he had a different responsibility because of the money and what the Titans represented 
to a city and, and all the other things and assets that he had. But Tommy Smith being president for a couple of years, those those years were really, really bad. Yeah. And until Amy Adams Strunk became c- controlling owner, things were looking grim. They really were. Yeah, and uh, Zach Goodman po- uh, points out, <clears throat> everyone that reached out during the retirement video that the Titans posted, they all talked about the changing the culture and the environment in the locker room. And I think that leads us into uh, where we want to go and ask you guys, what was your... Uh, Excuse me. What was your most memorable Delaney Walker moment? What was your most memorable Delaney Walker moment? I've got mine and I'll be honest. It has, it's, it's a locker room moment. Uh, So what's your most memorable Delaney Walker moment can be a play could be anything, uh, but want to do that and get your guys opinions and responses in here. But Zach, tell us all about Wilson County Hyundai. Wilson County Hyundai is where I, Delaney Walker, big fan of cars right he there. Is, he, he's, he's a Hyundai guy too, because he won one <laughs> for being right. the Pro Bowl MVP. <laughs> he did. So it goes right into that. Yes. Big car guy, big Hyundai guy, Pro Bowl Central. I don't know if Delaney may have, may have driven that Pro Bowl Hyundai to his, uh, his retirement press conference. Who knows? But he could have been in a Palisade, could have traded in for a brand new Sonata or Elantra. He could have plugged that bad boy up like the Ionic, which is battery-powered. Wilson County Hyundai is family-owned and operated. If Delaney loves it, we all love it. So you go need if you're in a market for a new vehicle, go to wilsoncountyhyundai.com, look at their inventory, and test drive a Hyundai today. Also, download the BetMGM app, and when you do, use our code ATOZ Sports. That'll unlock a risk-free bet on pro football up to $1,000. So all you do, you download the app, plug in the code ATOZ Sports, you make your first deposit, and bang, your first bet on pro football risk-free up to 1000 bucks. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older, Tennessee only new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Wars issued if knowledgeable for bets or site credit. For bets expiring seven days. For problem game and support, call Tennessee Redline 800-889-9789. Zach, uh, we're asking everybody, what was their favorite, most memorable Delaney Walker moment? I will let uh, you go to the chat. We'll tell ours and then we'll, we'll play Delaney's answer to this question on his favorite play. But, most memorable moment, uh, What what's the people saying? Uh, so, and I have to start with, and this is mine. I cannot run away from it, okay. but Xavier had it. I saw it earlier in the comments. It is the New England play. And I had to go back to specifically see when that was. And this was a bad time for the Titans. They were 3-11. and 11. It was... Late in the year, it was week 15 in New England. They lost this game 33 to 16. Yeah. Guess what? Mariota got hurt. Oh, do you remember? I remember exactly why he got hurt because Antonio Andrews missed on a pass protection and Mariota had a sprained knee. Yes. And that he didn't return because it was late in the season and they were three and 10 at the time. It ended up being three and 11. And Delaney Walker caught the pass for 57 yards. He had two touchdowns. He had two receptions for 64. But that that embodied, and Xavier, you're getting the love of the show because I can't run away from this. I, I've I, We spent a lot of time in the locker room with Delaney Walker, talked to him a bunch, saw every play that he played as a Titan. But this play cannot escape my memory. When I think about it, I think about him going across the field down the right sideline and booming right into the end zone. 
it was maybe a meaningless touchdown, but it was meaningful in how I perceive and look at Delaney Walker's career. It just, it, it, it is. Major says, him calling out the coaches after a terrible loss. That Which is, time? <laughs> right? Uh, long catch versus the Saints off the tip. Yep. That was the Anthony Fasano throwback overtime game, if you remember. Yeah, that was after Wisenhunt got fired and Malarkey got the interim job. That's absolutely right. So a uh, catch against the Saints. Um, so that that's definitely a, a memory. Triple covered against the Colts. Crown them, honorable mention. Right there, uh, catch in traffic versus three defenders. Perfect though by Mariota. I still don't know how he caught it. So those are some good good moments. Um, John says easily after week one, 2018 against the Browns, they still got to play football. Quote. So there's yep. a good memory there from Delaney. Uh, and going through Stephen King saying they were who we thought they were uh, from that Cleveland mo- moment. Uh, interview with Bussin uh he did Bussin with the boys uh for for that moment no look pass for Mariota against maybe the Chargers yeah that was the Chargers it was in San Diego the Titans lost that game because Mariota had a bad couple of turnovers towards the end yeah um beast uh beast mode coming in there so a lot of different comments uh memorable moment oh here's from MB most of moment, Delaney signed uh, his son's football at the Pro Bowl. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, another triple coverage catch against the Colts. BMO's going with that uh, Patriots touchdown. Eric is being honest with, you know, hurting his ankle. That was a interesting game and obviously a career changer. And that was devastating to the team yeah. because that was – that could have been a big year for Delaney Walker that will never <clears> – <throat> unfortunately realize yeah what was your number one most memorable moment of delaney walker's career well my my most memorable moment was in the locker room i'll get to that in a second my most memorable play like there is an image in my head of delaney in, in a game where the titans dominated an opponent you didn't expect the titans whooped the packers in nissan stadium in 2016 and i have a image ingrained in my brain of Delaney Walker stiff-arming and upending Haha Clinton Dix, uh, Packers safety at the time, and just shoving him in the ground. Like, he stiff-armed him and made him go. It was kind of Josh Norman, Derrick Henry-esque type stiff-arm, but that was a memorable moment in a game where the Titans asserted their dominance in that moment to lead them to where we thought that 2016 season would be very special, but then Mariota broke his ankle uh, late in the year. So that was my most memorable on-field moment for Delaney. I think an honorable mention is uh, week two, maybe the next year, when Mariota threw like a rope down the seam in Detroit to Delaney. That might have been uh, Mariota's best throw ever. That was his best throw of his tight His entire career. I, I don't care what he's done with the Raiders or the Falcons. That throw was insane. But Delaney caught that one for a touchdown. My most memorable moment in the locker room was when he said – Sometimes you have to overcome coaching because of what that reverberated through the entire franchise. And, you know, Delaney never held back his words. He had a lot of controversial things that he said where some Titans fans might not be over it. Uh, Especially recently when he talked about the reason why he doesn't get enough recognition around the league is because he played in Nashville. That's not a knock on 
the Titans are a knock on the city. It's a knock on the NFL's lack of coverage. Well, so, no, no, that's wrong. I disagree with that. That I, is a knock. <laughs> you can't deny that that, that yeah, absolutely I, I is a knock on the city. It is a knock on the fan base. It is a knock on what the sports fans of the Tennessee Titans represent. So do not pull any punches. Don't be Delaney wouldn't no, want you to. It is a knock. It, it is not, a knock on but it. But again, it's not him disrespecting the people that gave him a career. No, it's, he's calling a spade a spade. No, in my I, opinion. I, I guess I guess that's okay. Never mind. I'll move on from that. But uh, I did see Eric Alonzo. Uh, Eric Alonzo did say this: seeing Delaney Walker at Bar Louie in a Rolls Royce. I don't know if you ever ran into Delaney out on the town, I but did. I sure did. And he he didn't. That's the funny thing is that Delaney was everywhere, but he didn't drink. But he was out there having fun, and he talked about that. And he was just smiling. And I I don't know what bar we were in on Broadway, but. All of a sudden, Delaney was right there, and he saw me and gave me that like Roger Goodell, like you got drafted type of hug in in whatever bar it was on Broadway. And I was like, "Hey, what's up, Delaney?" And and he was great, um, and he was awesome to deal with. And so that was honestly the two things that stand out the most is seeing Delaney out on Broadway, and then also the locker room moments where we talked to him about a lot of different things uh, for Delaney Walker. My run into I've ran Delaney Walker uh, twice that I can remember. Uh, one was at Whole Foods, which is just random. The other one was at the top of the Valentine, and that turned into me taking shots with Bleedy Ray Wilson. <laughs> he should have been <laughs> studying coverage, but he, I was taking shots with him at one point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Eric Castillo says, oh, Delaney did drink. Well, he got to a point in his career where he did not, especially in the season. And he talked about that a lot, uh, why he was still blowing by defenders at age 31, 32. Uh, but yeah, so those are my my most memorable Delaney Walker moments overall. Yeah, great player. I mean, and you you don't throw the word great around. It was a, he was a great tight end for this Titans team. Now, maybe in the scheme of like greatness and Hall of Fame, He's not to that level, but he, the impact, I think I go back to that. The impact that he made on the franchise is remembered. And and it's just like, you know, his teammates, we talked about Jarrell Casey. Jarrell Casey made a huge impact and he did not get the recognition that he deserved because he played for the Tennessee Titans. I will be curious, Austin, and things have changed because you have Mike Vrabel, who's a known commodity. John Robinson has gotten a little bit more recognition and they're about to build a brand new stadium. What will Jeffrey Simmons impact of playing in Tennessee? Now he hasn't signed his new deal yet, but if he does, and it's a long-term thing, which I expect like the impact of playing for the Tennessee Titans, the Tennessee Titans do not have a cerebral game-changing elite quarterback. They have not had that since Steve McNair. And until you get that, I truly believe in a small market, you're not going to get recognized and noticed. But when you got Patrick Mahomes, all of a sudden Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill and and Tyron Matthew and Chris Jones, all those, you can start naming them because you're in the spotlight more. And so what will Jeffrey Simmons become if he doesn't have that game-changing type quarterback on his team? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we, you said the word great for Delaney Walker. Uh, people are pushing back on that. Nick says, um, in my opinion, Delaney was great 
excuse me, one of the best tight ends in the NFL for a handful of years. I mean, yeah, it's not, it's not easy to make the Pro Bowl as a tight end in the AFC. Like, think about, like, Delaney Walker, three straight Pro Bowls in the AFC during the era of Travis Kelsey in the AFC, Rob Gronkowski in the AFC, and I'm forgetting, like, there's only two spots for tight ends, and, like, those... And, and Gronk got it every year when and, he yeah, wasn't hurt. And, yeah. Even when he was hurt. Well, and he got it. Here's the only thing. He's playing a lot of Super Bowls, so yeah. there's that. But again, like, Delaney was right there. Delaney was getting Pro Bowl recognition in the AFC when you had those two other guys uh, right there with him. So, and, and Nick brings this up on a rushing football team to boot. The Titans have always been run first. They yeah. are a run-heavy franchise. They and, always and, have been. Yeah, and several people bring up, did he did he overlap with Antonio Gates and with the Chargers? I don't know if... Delaney's Pro Bowls did or not because Delaney was a Pro Bowler 2015, 16, and 17. And Antonio Gates might have been a little too old at that. Point. I, I don't know. Antonio Gates played a long, long time. Guy, Antonio Gates, dude, that guy was he. I always drafted him on my fantasy team. How many years did Antonio Gates play football? Here's there's a trivia question. Uh, and uh, I'm asking you. Oh. 11? 16. <laughs> Golly. Uh, so, yes, they did overlap. That was uh, pro. What year did Delaney make Pro Bowl? 15, 16, 17. So, 14, Antonio Gates caught 12 touchdowns, which is wild. Um, 15, 16, and 17, it, he was. He was kind of starting, uh, those were his lesser years, but he was still, you know, 630 yards receiving, 548 yards receiving. But he wasn't, he wasn't my top. And then people were bringing up Antonio Gonzalez as well. Um, yeah, Tony G. What was Tony? He was, he was done by 2015 for sure, right? Uh, Tony Gonzalez, uh, man, this is great. Uh, this is, I love going down memory lane like this. He was done by 2013. Yeah, yeah. So there wasn't. So you got to remember, he was drafted in 1997. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Tony Gonzalez is a little bit older uh, there too. So yeah, he was definitely done. So I'm Tony trying to Gonz think of other gr really good AFC tight ends in that era, though. Gronk, uh, Hernandez was. Hernandez was in there. Uh, but by 15, I think he was done. <laughs> uh, he because I know not he, done, done, but nah, done. I mean, he was he was no, done, not, and not he was done, done. No, Zach, he was done in 2017, like permanently. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> he wasn't uh, done, done. And, and in people are saying Jimmy Graham, yeah, he played in the NFC. Um, Kellen Winslow Jr., the Dallas was our, Clark, but that was that, that was that's early. way that's a lot older. That was like 06, yeah. Yeah. Um so I but the main the main two were Gronk, Kelsey, and then Delaney right there in that for a couple yeah. of those years. There you go. Uh wait, do we play his favorite play? We have not. I, that's what I was gonna do. I next. haven't seen this, so I have either. I'm now I'm looking forward to seeing yeah. what Delaney we've said all of ours. Yeah, let's go straight to, to the source. All right, here's Delaney on his favorite play. What's the play you uh, the play I remember, uh, it was going to have to probably be against the Patriots. Uh, 
I just remember coming in that week and, you know, they wasn't talking about us uh, at all, you know, just grunk, grunk, grunk. And I, and, and this is just me. I, you know, I ain't tell the team. I, my, I was like, I'm going to outplay grunk today. Like, and that's all I talked about. And uh, I remember we were down and um, they came to me like, we need to play. And then Zach Mittenberger was the quarterback at the time. He threw me like a five-yard pass. And I think at that point I was just angry. I was running out of anger. And I ran over like two people, ran down the sideline, jumped over somebody, stiff-thorned somebody, and, and then ran into the for a touchdown. And uh, I always remember that. That's, that's one play I will never forget. I felt like that was probably one of my better plays um, in the NFL. So. That was yours. Yeah, that was probably the most popular answer from the from the chat too. Well, and very memorable. One tight end that I was just looking up, Heath Miller from the Pittsburgh. Steelers, uh, was also very good. Different style though. Heath Miller was more of your throwback style tight end, not the field stretcher that Gronk, Kelsey, but, and Dorian but Roethlisberger was. went to him a lot. I because I I had him him on my fantasy teams too. So yeah. I. I mean, that, that's how, again, that's why fantasy football, that's why soccer is never going to sniff the jock of the NFL for the next 45 years is because fantasy football, that's how we remember all of these players because you're watching a Lions game because all of a sudden, you know, you've got, you know, uh, Calvin Johnson on your football team. There's no reason to be watching the Lions game. They, they're three and 11, you know? Yeah. So uh, Titans Rossi asked, who was a tight end that played for the Ravens? Todd Heap. Todd hip heap. <laughs> uh, I think he dislocated both of his hips or something like that uh, as well. So yeah, always good right. going down memory lane right there. Yes, for sure. It is Esports live on this Wednesday show. Mike Vrabel calls out the NFL for one of its more embarrassing issues. Uh, but first let me tell you guys about the bone and joint Institute, bone and joint TN.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Whenever you get hurt in life, you have to know where to go to get back to your health. They have over a dozen doctors there at the Bone and Joint Institute in Franklin that specialize in any type of injury you could possibly have, whether it's in sports, in life, to a kid. Uh, they've got a physical therapy uh, uh, rehab facility there that's state-of-the-art as well. It's in Franklin, but they also have clinics across Williamson County and growing, Brentwood, Thompson Station, and Nolansville as well, boneandjointtn.org. AZ Sports were powered by BetMGM. Use the promo code ATOZ Sports to the king of sports books. Use that promo code. You get a risk free bet up to $1,000 on pro football. Got a lot of pro football on the horizon. Thursday night, you got Saints cards. I don't know what that's going to be, but uh, I think the cards are wearing, they're all black uniforms. That, hey, it's football. Football's football. You can win money on football and you can win money with BetMGM. Download the app today. All right, so Mike Vrabel sent an email. He did the old reply all uh, to all NFL head coaches and general managers who get an email each week about officiating. They, they do videos. And so here is the email that Mike Vrabel sent. Quote, I appreciate the time and energy that goes into these videos, but I suggest we devote every minute of our officiating department's time ensuring our officiating crews are as well trained in the class and the clarifications we worked to create in the off season and that each crew is as consistent as possible. 
Thank you. <laughs> so uh, that's Mike Vrabel's email to the league. Here is Mike Vrabel uh, answering a question about the email uh, on this Monday morning a couple days ago. Mike, much was made of your response, I guess, to the officiating uh, committee. Was that report accurate? And if so, I guess why reply all to, to the message that you got there? Well, first I would say that, you know, obviously um, I wasn't I wasn't contacted by anybody that put the report out. Uh, that would be the first thing I'd say. Uh, you know, the second thing is I just, uh, you know, it only goes to head coaches and general managers, you know. So apparently there's, there's you know, people there that want to uh, put things out to people for, for a purpose. I don't. I don't know. I never understood that. Uh, the reply all. I mean, you guys know me. I'm not hiding behind anything. I mean, I just. We all get together. We meet. We sit in a ballroom. Apparently, you got an email now. It's reply all. It's like me standing up or any other coach or any general manager or anybody that wanted to say something in a meeting. I felt the need to, to say it and address it. It's important. You know, coaching and playing and officiating all make up our game. Players more so uh, than anybody. And, uh, you know, we, we spent a lot of time on this in the off season. And the only other job that's harder than playing is officiating. So just trying to uh, make, make my point or say my piece. So, Zach, I know that the reply all makes you smile and it makes me smile because – we like people who appropriately reply all to emails. And yes, Mike Vrabel replying all to that email is exactly what he, what he needed to do. God bless. I love that. I love that right there. And Mike Vrabel, I, I've always liked Mike Vrabel in a lot of the things that he stands for and that he does because he's very principled. He doesn't give a damn. He doesn't care about your opinion. He's there to do a job. Now, sometimes he can get moody, just like everybody. But I do love that because, you know, that's what he's trying to do. Now, he's upset that somebody leaked it, which I understand. But at the same time, if you reply all, you have to know that this is probably going to get leaked. There's too many people. Welcome to, you know, high school drama, right? I mean, there's two, if, if something is said, something's going to get leaked. And oh, there's gonna 60, find out about it. 62 other people on that email besides Mike Vrabel, John Robinson, and the person who sent it. Too many people know, right? But I don't think Mike Vrabel cares. And the fact is, is that the NFL this year does have an officiating problem. And Austin, I'll tell you the reason why. And Mike Vrabel told us the reason why. They're not consistent in their calls. No. And the the Tom Brady sling down, okay? And Patrick Mahomes was slung down by a Buffalo Bill on uh, on Sunday. Same thing, didn't get called. And so, like, there is a discrepancy. And if you're going to call and justify a call because of a rule, you have to at least be consistent. And I love Mike Vrabel's approach. Austin is because if you every waking hour you should be working on your craft. You don't need to be sending me emails because 
it took you time out of your day to send me this email when you should have been studying harder for the test on Thursday, Sunday, Sunday night, and Monday night. And so I love that philosophy, and I stand on this topic with Mike Vrabel and his actions. Yeah. And somebody's like, I don't understand. Xavier says, I don't get how Jerome Boger is still officiating in the NFL. Well, the problem is that there's a lack of officiating around the country at all levels. Like, I don't, Zach, I don't know if you knew this or not, because we don't pay much attention to high school football anymore. Did you know that in the state of Tennessee in high school football, every school has to play at least one Thursday night game this season? The reason being that they don't have enough referees to cover Friday nights if they don't have that. Like there, there is a serious problem with lack of officials at high school and college. And then why Jerome Boger is still allowed to be a ref is because they don't have anybody else to take his spot. Like that, that's the problem. And somebody else said that referees should be held accountable uh, for what they, for their bad calls. Uh, and I'm trying to scroll back up to find that um, because I, I agree. And I think everybody agrees um, on that, but the problem is referees are graded. We don't get the grades publicly. There's no pro football focus of referees that grades uh, refs an hour. They should. After the game. That, that's a yeah. good idea for pro football focus. I think you just came up with a brand new division of PFF. At least I don't think there is. There might be, but I don't know if there is. You don't subscribe uh, that, to that section. Yeah, yeah. I will subscribe to the referee one, not not pro football focus, but the refs one. I'll be there. Uh, but again. And Jimbo says that there's a huge umpire shortage in Ohio. It's trickling up. You don't just start as a college referee or an NFL referee. You have to climb all the way up, and it takes time to do that. But they are held accountable. They get graded. But what happens is when they get bad grades, they still call games the next week. They just get lowered to a lesser game in the eyes of the NFL, which is punishing their own teams. Well, so why is there a shortage? Oh, I mean, that's a whole show, man. Well, no, I think I think it's I think it's very simple. I think when you look, because I look at referees, and you're saying it's a work shortage. It's, why would Why would anybody want to be a referee? Well, at, so how how do you get somebody to do anything in America? Pay, pay, bingo, you got it. So they're not paid enough. And I remember when a. a officials were not even full-time in the NFL. This was like a handful of years ago because I remember when they switched that over, they weren't getting paid very well. But that's what you have to do. So the association, and honestly, I have their business solution for high school football, is they need, and uh, this is free business solution, all right? The uh, TSSAA, if you're listening out there, here's how you do it. Now, you have to actually spend money to make money, but you need to provide a streaming service to watch all of these games and create advertising and money to actually be profitable to then ingrain the division or the association with money and influx of cash and revenue to pay these referees. Well, but that has to be regulated. That has to be... Uh, commission by commissioner. You have to have all of those things. Well, and, and, and they so don't have the that, structure, but that's how you fix it. But the reason why they don't have streaming services for all, and now you have to pay people, a camera crew to do all this. You no, have to I, 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 that's why I prefaced my statement. You have to spend money to right. make money. But where is that money? So the reason why that doesn't happen, because I, I went to Bruin High School. We 
as a TV production group, have a seven ca- seven camera shoot for high school football games there. They can't be aired live because what that does is affect the high school's gate and gate money is important, right? Because now if people can watch every high school game they want to on stream online, how on how less likely you have are to they pay to- for it. <clears throat> they have to pay for the stream. Yes. Only fans, bro. And, and, and so if, if IG says, models are making 60 K a month, or, God knows what the TSSAA can make. Streaming Orlando games. says, let the AV kids do it. Not every school has an, a, has that TV production type program that P that's, you know, not every high school is created equal. Not every County is the same. There's, you can't do a TSSAA rule across all 5A to 1A to D2 1A and D2 2A. Like there's just too much stuff going through all that. And it's just so complicated. It's, it's why, like, if college football can't get it right with a power five group, then what do you think a, a high school level can do when they've got well, Austin? No, college football has gotten it right financially. They've gotten it wrong other places. Because, we're talking about getting it right financially. Uh, it's a yes, diff- because it's it's easier for the NFL to do it financially because there's 32 teams. It's easy, it's harder than the than the NFL for college football when there's 130. But then they've cut it down to 64 plus Notre Dame and BYU and a couple other independents for power five to have 65. Then how much more difficult is it when you have a state that's got seven divisions of football and districts and regions within those divisions? Because let's think about it. 5A football in high school, there are 32 teams that make the playoffs. How many teams don't make them? So now you've got hundreds and hundreds of high schools that have different in different counties that have different budgets that have different everything. And we're trying to fix the referee situation. Yes. Well, cause we're trying to find the check. Like all we're trying to do, the whole reason why I brought this up is to, if your problem is referees, you can find ref- referees to work Friday nights. If you pay them enough, if you say that it is worth their time. Now, if you cannot, in this day and age, and this is the sad, cold, hard truth, is people don't want to work. And so with that being said, with people don't want to work, the only way that you make them want to work is for a paycheck. There's just more ways to make money. Austin, before the internet, this business of what we're doing is obsolete. Yeah, We're working somewhere else, right? So th- you, there's different ways, but the state i'm just concentrating on it state by state because that's how it's regulated yeah a state has to fix its problem texas and ohio and tennessee and california and north dakota those are all different problems but you've got to fix them individually if you do have a referee problem yeah sure and so again it's a trickle up high school has ref problems that which means look uh, pop warner probably has ref problems because again the main question, and yes, pay helps, but why would anybody want to be a referee in today's age? Because technology is better than the referee's eyes when there is the replay angles of games. You always get scrutinized. Parents at Little League games are as bad and worse than they've ever been. All you do is get yelled at and hated on for the duration of your of your game uh, for what 50 bucks a game? Austin, you know this. They love football. 
Like they love sport. Like that's the read. There's a there's passion so of it. And so le- many people are. No, no, no. There are millions upon millions upon millions of people that are passionate about yes. sport. And, and that this. is an ability to be involved. I'll say this. People would who love the game would way rather be a volunteer assistant at their high school than referee a high school game. Depending on how much you get paid. But right, I, yes, zero compared to a good uh, amount of money or a uh, adequate amount of money to spend your Friday nights refereeing. It's a simple problem. It is money. It's all that it is. You can convince anybody to do anything for the right amount of money. Anybody, yeah, but, but, anything. There's been some crazy stuff that have happened was, in this world yeah, because of money. If it was that easy, then it wouldn't be an issue. It, it's no, it's it isn't. the issue is what we just talked about is that the actual association that pays these refs is bunk. They don't have the revenue to actually offer a sustainable, adequate amount for the job of a referee. Yeah. That's it. It's 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 simple but complicated, but it's very simple at the root. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's that simple, but it it, look, it's tough and it's a problem. The NFL has a problem. Jerome Boger's terrible, but that's all they have. And so so is and we'll just be simple with this. Does the NFL have a big issue? Is Mike Vrabel's reply all is that telling us that this is a massive issue in the NFL? Or is this just an issue? It's just another year with another complaint. So I would <clears throat> I would say officiating as a whole is an issue. It's not like the massive, it's embarrassing. But that will but, never change, correct? No, no, no. <clears throat> no, yeah, I don't think, it doesn't matter how good it's going to be that we all sitting at home on our giant TVs with, I don't know what definition they use now, <clears throat> are able to see mistakes every time in lifetime if the referee can't with their eyes and their positioning on the field. So they're always going to be an issue. I think if you simplify this and you say roughing the passer, yes, big issue. Roughing the passer itself is a big issue. Officiating as a whole is an issue, not big, like just specifically roughing the passer. So and I, but roughing the passer is just the flavor of the week, right? But mind. that 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 is easier to fix roughing the passer by itself than it is the other stuff there. Uh, I disagree. The, I think roughing the passer should be kind of like targeting in college football, where you should be able to review it. Roughing the passer, I think that because of what's that, so on, that call is always reviewable. They I, tried that though. They tried the that passer? with pass interference. And then all of a sudden they went back on it a year later. But roughing the passer, I think, is easier to describe than pass interference. The the caveat to that is safety, though. You can't what what is a greater, and this is just and I think this is the simplest, easiest way to ask this. For the NFL, what is a worse public relations to a tongue of Iloa going? that on national television or Tom Brady getting the benefit of the doubt on a bad call. What is, what is worse paid PR? Probably the two of stuff. Exactly. That's the correct answer. You pass the test. So all it will always be the Tua. it will always be a human being, not being a human being for a moment. So you cannot review in that sense, 
because the NFL has got to always fall back on safety. Which they they, have that's, to. that's the point. Yeah, but that's the point that that like <clears throat> you can review targeting. That's a player safety thing, but targeting comes with an ejection. Roughing the passer never should. Targeting though is reviewable because in the moment something looks like a, oh my gosh that guy like again like the Bryce Young Amari Thomas thing from Saturday night that we all saw Amari Thomas was aiming for Bryce Young's shoulder but he's got a big freaking head and so the side of his helmet clipped the face mask of Bryce Young but delivered in the shoulder I thought that was the correct call because the intent of Amari Thomas was to hit at the shoulder pad which is where he is coached to hit at the shoulder pad so for Grady Jarrett or for uh, Chris Jones, those two roughing the passers were absolute BS. So be able to review that to overturn. But what Austin, they... by rule, they were not. I, 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 no, I understand. But that's the what they're saying. So that's what the NFL duh, came duh. back on. That, that's what I'm saying. They need to, and this is not until. But then they have to change the rule because right, by the rule offseason. they cannot overturn it. I, I understand, call. Zach. I'm not arguing that they should have re- reviewed it in the game. I, I know the rules. I know that's not a reviewable play, but the way to fix that after the season is to make roughing the passers a reviewable penalty because of what it goes into with player safety and the, the potential for a initially thinking a hit was bigger than it actually was type of moment like targeting. That's my point. And I just think so now will be based on if the player is injured or not. No, wait, where like did you if get Tom that Brady you gets get hurt from? on that play and it's reviewed? Do no, you think it's more likely that no, they that uh, that play is upheld? No, because players can get hurt by not touching a person. Like, what does that injury should not have anything to do with it? But they do, they do impact the call because if somebody gets hit and they're laying flat out and they're they're hurt well, or if they pop up i do think that 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 well influences that, the call Tua, the hit on tua was a clean hit no i i understand that so what I, so I, injury should not have an impact on the was the hit against the rules did you drive the quarterback to the ground and have your entire body land on him or was it just a natural follow through where you didn't have a choice, right? Slinging, slinging a player to the ground is what they're forced to do because they're not allowed to drive through. But is that a, by law? Is that against the rules? No. Yes, it is. That Austin. Sling- that's, yes, that's against Austin. That's what the NFL came back and upheld and said that the call was correct based on the rules. You cannot sling a player and especially a quarterback. Down to the ground. Then how are you supposed to sack them? You cannot do that though. Well, they, then how if you can't drive I, your body? I'm not arguing them. what else point, should ha- have happened. That's stupid. Like I, I, I get that, is but let- that is the rule. Both the NFL came back on both instances and said that both calls were that's correct based on the rule. Stuff. That's because they're that's because they're backing up the refs because they don't want to admit how bad of a problem it is. I, I it's don't BS. disagree. I smell BS on that. Like, how are you so like it's less contact to grab them with your arms and sling them than it is to put your shoulder through them and drive them. But by it's NFL so rule, you cannot do the that. The NFL is covering up their BS. They're covering they're covering for their refs because they know it's wrong. And I will say this: if Tua never gets hurt this year, neither of those calls are made. 
I don't disagree with that. It's Tua. Because the media went wild because of the initial Tua against the Bills, how it was handled afterwards, and then the Thursday night. Because the Dolphins lied. Because they wanted to win a game. Uh, yes. I don't know who yes. lied. Yes. I don't know who lied. Yes. They fired the independent. That was a doctor. PR decision. I that that's why that, they that was that was a you fire the fall guy. That's what I'm talking. That's what I was making. I was making the point. They fired the PR guy or the fall guy for PR relations because they lied. They designated Tua in game as questionable to return with a head injury, and then they came back and called it a back injury after the fact. They Do lied. Do you believe that? I see. I actually think Tua passed the concussion test. I think at halftime he passed the concussion test, and that's why they justified him coming back in. Not say, but what they are trying to do is to say, hey, and they've changed the rules since then. If we see something that doesn't look right, you cannot pass the concussion that's test why, no matter that's what. That's the whole point of them having somebody in the booth that has binoculars that watches the guy get hit. So that guy should have been fired. Yeah, yeah. The the Dolphins messed that entire thing up. But that's uh, not a Dolphins employee. The that's Dolphins, an NFL employee. The Dolphins designated a head injury, and then they said, no, it's back. Just kidding. That's what they did. Yeah, because they asked the player if he was okay, and the yeah, player was they, like, yes. Vrabel asked Cairo Santos if he can make a 55-yard field goal after he's gone 0 for 3. Of course the player's going to say, yeah, coach, I got it. Like, that's – it's so dumb. Like but protect- the, the player can say, I don't feel well, coach. Yeah, but players aren't wired like that. Players are always saying, I'm good, I'm good, well, I'm good. Marcus Mariota, don't uh, say all, but don't say all. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, fair. But players generally are like, yeah, Biggest I got this. game of the year to go to the playoffs. Are you in? Nah, coach. That's I'll have the ball the cap of, on the sideline. That was a different, that's not a heat of the moment type of thing. That's a, Mariota's agent was involved in that because he knew Mariota had a contract coming up. say not all players are like that. All right, all right. Let's get so the shit. I think we didn't get anywhere, but I no, think we, we got had a good zero, zero, zero places were, were gained there. All right. So let's throw some shade if we haven't been already. But first, Zach, tell everybody about Farm Bureau Health Plans. Yeah, FBHP.com. And my shade's good. I got scared, you know what, list last Ooh. week. Oh. Ike. And I'll tell that story. But the story I'll tell you right now is how I switched to Farm Bureau Health Plans. And it helped me tremendously. Better coverage, better rates, better service. I got all three by switching my plan. It was a lot better. I saved 20% every single month. I have uh, free teeth cleanings. I've got an allowance for my contacts in which I buy every year because I've been wearing those bad boys since seventh grade. 200 plus locations across the state of Tennessee. You can take a quick health assessment and it could be for you individually. It could be for you and your wife. It could be for you and your wife and kids, your family. They have your perfect plan. It's fbhp.com slash A-T-O-Z. Log on there today and switch to Farm Bureau Health Plans. Download the BetMGM app and use our code A-T-O-Z Sports and you get a risk-free bet on pro football up to 1000 bucks. Do that today. Uh, I'm excited to be back in Tennessee. I was spent the the weekend out of the state, so I couldn't bet. But now back in Tennessee with BetMGM, looking forward to a big football weekend. Download the app today. Use our code ATOZ Sports. Risk free bet on pro football up to one thousand bucks. Don Shade to wrap up our Wednesday show. Zach, do you want to start with your shade? You tease it pretty good. 
uh, you got scared. I will, I will st st start with my shade, and you can kind of go through the comments for afterwards. So um, here's how this story went last week. So last week I was in Dallas, and I usually stay at an Airbnb uh, in Dallas and kind of go where I play. I've stayed at hotels before, but this time I was in an Airbnb. And, you know, it, it's in a good area of Dallas. You know, it's near the airport, whatever. And uh, first night I go to sleep and I wake up about midnight and somebody's in the house. And I'm there by myself and I'm sleeping and I'm like, I'm under the covers and like I hear like so like something's rustling around in the other room, like clearly. And so, you know, I'm now in fight or flight mode, kind of like, am I going to be a wuss and just like hide or am I going to kind of bow up and be like, get the hell out of here? Who's who's there? <laughs> or yeah, or or am I going to say who's there? Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not I don't, I'm not at my house, so I don't have any like I don't know where weapons are or anything. And so you know, I kind of go through these ups and downs of like, what should I do? And I'm I'm kind of getting scared because yeah. I keep hearing these noises. And then all of a sudden, and my door to my, the bedroom that I'm sleeping in is like cracked. It's not fully shut. All of a sudden the door creaks open. Oh my gosh. That's terrifying. And when that happens, I can't lie. I did kind of go fetal a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm watching the door. I'm awake. I mean, I'm fully awake. I'm watching the door and I'm like, Oh, shit. <laughs> what, what is that? So then I start hearing it in the other room, the room right next door to me. And I'm like, okay, maybe I can, this is my opportunity. Maybe they didn't see me or didn't hear me. So I get up and I put like, I do put like shorts and a shirt on. So if like I have to run, I don't want to run outside. You know, you've seen those Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacres where like, you know, they just got boxers on. I don't want to be that. So I do have time to do that. And I kind of, and it's pitch black, right? It's midnight. I open my door and I look down the hallway. Nobody's there. And then I go to the room where I, I still hear something and I crack open the door and I see this. <laughs> I see a, a uh... mother effing Roomba that has been terrorizing me for, and I figured out that it starts at 1145 every night. And I turned that thing off and rescheduled it after this. But, uh, you know, I had no idea. I don't have a Roomba. I've never actually seen a Roomba, to be honest. Really? Live, they're, 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 uh, Roombas are good and bad. Well, yeah, here's the bad. And so I, I, and I am, I am relieved to, to be honest, to see the Roomba because I don't know, but this gave me a, a pretty big scare yeah. being in, you know, another city, another person's house, midnight, hearing noises, all that. So shade on Roombas for scaring the absolute dog you-know-what out of me. That is that is funny. Because uh, you don't have a Roomba, so you don't know. Like, Roombas have a obvious noise that sound like Roombas. 
That's so funny. But yeah, Jeff, Big Ten Jeff called it. Early in your story, he was like, it's got to be a Roomba. <laughs> and, and oh God, that is funny. It's very funny. Roombas are great, but they also mess things up. Like if you have cords on the floor, if you have like a dog water bowl, if you've got anything in the floor, the Roomba will find it and get stuck in it. Well, that's or, kind of his job. I feel yeah. Like. It's like, Hey, there you are. Get tangled in this cord. Hey, here you are. Water bowl, splash water all over the ground, then run over the water and then run the water across the entire house. So I like, I like my Roomba. His name's Wadsworth. Uh, and, but he does, you have to watch him. And the, the hard part, I, somebody was in the house, right? Like, it wasn't like, did I hear something? Oh, it stopped. Like it was a something, right? So, um, that did learn my lesson there. I, I had never had that experience before. Yeah, uh, Orlando says shade on haunted houses. They just aren't good anymore. I will not go to a haunted house. I do love haunted houses. I'm kind of, I've aged out of it a little bit. Yeah, I'm not. uh, Bobby says shade on Tennessee for asking for donations to pay their party fine. You're a billion dollar organization. Uh, Shade on Bobby for not recognizing that that, that Tennessee had money for goalposts and fines. They were just asking for extra donations in an opportunistic way to be funny. Uh, so I did think that was funny that Tennessee was obviously joking about, uh, Hey, did they take donations? Yeah. It was just regular donations. Just like I, I get an email every, but I, get I, I thought it was positioned at for the goalpost. It was a, it was a, like a cutesy, like go fund me joke. Like Th- it that's was, not a joke. Then it I, was, I, it, they I, had, I'm, I'm with Bobby on this. I saw it and I thought the same thing. That that's dumb. You don't backdoor donations. That's stupid. That's not cute, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, it was a. It was. They were trying. They were being clever on. Well, they on, weren't. That's what I'm saying. They weren't because they got drug on the internet. Yeah, by people who didn't understand it. Like it was like I saw it immediately. I I I can. That's what I'm saying. You, it's not cute. I. I yeah, and Bobby is right, it, and I don't agree with Bobby often, but it's not a joke if you actually take the money. No, but they ask me for money twice a week. But for but that's they said it was for something. It was it was clearly like if it was worded like it was a person that was like, hey, uh, so this 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 is Uh, John says my shades on Ticketmaster for having fifty dollars in ticket fees when I buy a ticket for the Sunday night game in Kansas City. Uh, Jason says shame on the university system that requires you to pay for classes that have nothing to do with your degree. <laughs> Prereqs. Uh, okay. That, you know, fair. Mark says shade on Bama fans blaming the refs for them losing to the Vols. I agree there, Mark. I think Bama fans, uh, being that tone deaf <laughs> is really funny to me, but also kind of sad, uh, that they can't just admit when they lost. Um, let's see. Tiffany says shade on this frigid weather got cute dresses that can't be worn without risk of pneumonia. Amen to Tiffany. I walked you, outside. You can't this wear morning. your I, cute dresses either. I can't wear my cute dresses either. Yeah. And this morning I was trying to wear a cute dress. It's too damn cold. So it is, I hate the cold. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And you're right, Tiffany. It's too cold. Uh, Orlando says shade on everyone that said Julio would be better in Tampa than he was in Nashville. Yeah, he's hard. Yeah, guess what? He's the same. He's the same guy. Yeah. Uh, Nick throwing shade at the furniture store that sent a text stating exciting update about my order. And I call and they tell me that it's in their warehouse and will be another two weeks for delivery. <laughs> Not exciting. Uh, that's clickbait. <laughs> so I, there you go. Uh, there. Uh, Zach, my shade is on 
giveaway spam bots. Like we are trying to give away a pair of tickets to the Tennessee Kentucky game via the Bone and Joint Institute. And look, we do this oh, wrong, wrong one. We give away tickets to the bone from the Bone and Joint Institute a couple times throughout the year, three times this year. We did it for Florida, we're doing it for Kentucky, and now again for the second time this year, a fake Instagram or Facebook account was bot created to try to spam our followers into thinking they won. So if you get a DM on Instagram from either a phony A to Z account or a phony Bone and Joint Institute account, it's not real. And I, I can't stand this because it just makes things more difficult. So I hate that it happens, but I don't see a way around it. We want to do giveaways because giveaways are fun for everybody. Um, and so hopefully... Uh, we don't have it happen again, but that drives me insane because I'm the one that has to deal with it. Yeah, I, I've, I've seen them. They're brutal. <laughs> and like, who's the, somebody's doing it, right? So there's an actual person behind it. You that think, guy's a loser. It, one says, how will I know if it's legit? Click on the profile. And if they have 28,000 followers on Instagram, it's real. If they have 86,000 followers on Facebook, then it's real. Yeah. If it has not those numbers, then it's fake. <laughs> like, it's pretty easy to tell. Yeah, we have enough following to know, right? You cannot recreate the following, right? You can recreate the post. You can't recreate the following. Yeah, Orlando's saying, hey, you won two tickets. All we need is your birthday, your social security number, and also your email address and your pet's first name. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's just it all, you know, it... it Unfortunately, I, I've seen somebody in the past get duped and like give credit card information to one of these spams and it just, I can't stand it. So we will not be asking for any information other than your name and your email for the ticket so I can email you the tickets themselves. Um, so there you go. Jason says, how do they benefit from doing that? Getting a lot of people's information. That's how they ask for so, credit card information. Yeah. So don't do it. Don't give them your, well, don't and do not don't be stupid enough to give anybody your credit card information. Oh, God. That's some, that's some of that is on the person that gives the credit card information, <sighs> but don't buy surround sound speakers from a guy in a white van too. So, you know, be safe out there, kids. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. That is it for today's Wednesday show. Uh, the Titans are back on the practice field later on today. Sam Phelan will have you covered. So just make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel for more Titans coverage from inside the locker room in the practice field. Buck Rising is live tonight, A to Z Sports Primetime. If you're watching on Facebook and on YouTube, like the show before you go. If you're on YouTube, you have to hide the chat on your phone. Then you can like the show. Then you pull the chat back up. Uh, but also subscribe to the YouTube channel for more Titans coverage. And we'll talk to you guys tomorrow on a Thursday morning. Appreciate it as always. Adios.